Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice, Dice in, in My Mind. The game that really got us back into talking about RPGs again was when you got into Star Wars. I was just talking about this with my wife's uncle this morning. Are you FF yep. back FFG Fantasy yep. Flight Games 2016 Edge of the, the Thanksgiving the, the Edge of the Empire mm-hmm. series of books. Mm-hmm. Um and so ever since then um obviously we've gone down the path of playing other games we've ended Absolutely. up on this podcast and other stuff yep. but we've really wanted to talk to someone who was on the ground yep. with in effect, the Genesis system, which is right. what they named right. a they named that narrative dice system that when they stripped out anything Star Wars related. Because we're huge fans of FFG, of Fantasy Flight Games, and kind of pending fans, if you will, of Edge Studio, because that's kind of what what became of it regarding yeah. the RPGs. Yeah. And I mean, the narrative dice system was so different for me from Love it. other systems mm-hmm. that it took me a while. I remember when we played the first time, I just, for me, I couldn't get my mind wrapped around it. Mm-hmm. Now I can. And it it's is so natural. It's so natural. And it, you and I talked about this. I remember in a very early, very early episode, we were talking about realism when mm-hmm. it comes to rolling the dice mm-hmm. and the Genesis system really kind of throws in your, your advantages, disadvantages, everything mm-hmm. like that. And it makes a really kind of realistic role about life. Without, and this is, I think, why it works so well in part, without the wide swings of a D20 mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so it's it's just a really cool system. And so, and I'm also a big fan of some of the board games and some of the other mm-hmm. stuff like Android. We've talked about Android before. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And, and X-Wing as a miniatures type game based on a similar mechanic. Yes. But we, and, we've been fascinated by Edge of the Empire and the and Force and Destiny and Age of Rebellion, right? From, from the beginning of our return to gaming. Yes. So when I happened upon um, Sterling Hershey online, I'm yeah. like, look at what, look at everything he's been involved in. Had his hands core like in everything we care about. Yes. So um took a you know took a long shot and we reached mm-hmm. out and very gracious oh, was yeah. willing to join us. Um so we get to talk about you know everything related to to Star Wars role playing game, Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um he's involved with D D materials. Um I he, mean just he, he has to my thinking and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I think Sterling has one of the easily more diverse portfolios yes. in the gaming world, certainly among the games that have moved us, than yes. pretty much anyone we've encountered. It's like yeah. he's done a little bit or a lot bit of everything. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff on on his, like, you know, he's done some work with Numenara, which neither one of us have touched yet but it's an interesting Mm -hmm. mechanic for down Mm -hmm. the road Mm -hmm. um and and let's be honest the real the original the original attraction was um star wars just because i look at that we we did we did a little playing around with pathfinder but that wasn't the game that got us back into it it was you playing 
edge of the empire. That's right. And that kind of drove us down that path. And and I will say, you know, so I got hooked, right? I was introduced. We talk, we talk about this lots in our early episodes, and we've come back to it. But I was introduced. You were introduced initially to D&D when you were much younger. In high, at end of high school, I was introduced to Star Wars yes. RPG, but the West End. And it was nothing short of an honor to welcome Bill Smith to our show to talk about the the olden golden days of Star uh, Star Wars with West End Games with Bill and ever since then you and I had both really wanted to have a similar conversation with fantasy like game Star Wars because it's been such a big deal for us both and and I mean again it was just an honor to talk with Sterling and to yes. learn his insights and about the history and and just have this little temporary ringside seat, if you will. Um, it was just absolutely fascinating. I know we say that about most of our guests, and it's true, but this one really hit home for us because it kind of brought us back to the beginning. And there's a book that recently came out, which is, for those that know, Twilight Imperium is probably right. the the mother of all board games in terms right. of complexity right. and length and everything. And edge came out with a um, source book yeah. for the Genesis system that he right. um, was deeply involved in and just released. And I was very excited to get it. Yeah. So got to talk to him for that about that. Uh-huh. That was cool. Yeah. And you know, if, if you all listening have four to four and a half hours, Brad will gladly take you through the basics of the mechanics of the board game. And I don't even, I don't <laughs> yeah. even have the, I don't even have everything down yet, but it is, yeah. it is one of those games where someday I'll have six to 12 hours, probably when the kids are long gone, right. you just sit down and do it and sit down and do it. And I'll convince you to kind of join yep. in. We'll need yep. at least three. So maybe we, our friend Brian will. That's what I'm thinking. Us. That's what I'm so thinking. The, I think Brian, you'd probably be the one that would enjoy Twilight Imperium. And if not, yes. I suspect. I'll get a text from you this week after looking at it and saying, no, definitely not. That's just nuts. Or but, please, please stop referring to me on air. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, good point. Do, <laughs> could, I have to get a, do I have to get a cease and desist order that's right. for you to not that's refer right. to me? We haven't used last names. No. no. So he doesn't, you know, nobody knows who Brian is. Um, Actually, everybody back home knows who Brian is. But yeah, good we're, point. we're drifting. Yeah. So let's yeah. get to our chat with Sterling because – it's just so much fun. Sterling Hershey is a full-time architect and freelance game designer who has worked on three different incarnations of the Star Wars role-playing game for West End Games, Wizards of the Coast, and Fantasy Flight Games, and also on the Star Wars Miniatures game. He has pursued freelance writing and cartography since the early 1990s. So we were, J, J, before we um, had our guests join us, we were actually both, Jason and I were just, just both talking about our bookshelves and yeah. um, how many different types of the different genres of books we have in the gaming world. And it's mm -hmm. funny how our guest name has come up in a lot of those books. So Sterling, thank you so, so much. much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Appreciate the uh, invite. Thanks. Yeah, you you have. We said this before we were recording, but I'll just put in. You have, you have had your hand deeply in, um, probably a majority of the books that 
we find most enjoyable, most fascinating a across the, the genres, right? And across the IPs, not just in any one. Although Star Wars rings loudly in my ear when it comes to RPGs. So just say that. Yeah, appreciate that. Thanks. Hey, so if you don't mind, um, you know, I don't know how, even how to position this so you can help. Um, you obviously are, and I'm going to use this term with great reference. You're prolific in terms of being involved and being a contributor and a writer in these gaming, but you also have, as far as I know, kind of a day job too. Oh yeah. Um, so you're an architect is, and so I'd say this jokingly, but again, with, with great reverence is the writing, the job and the architecture, the, ba the, the side hustle per se. Uh, no, no. Architecture <laughs> is definitely the, uh, definitely the day job. Definitely the main job. Uh, it's as you probably, as you know, it's hard to make a, a lot of money with gaming, mm -hmm. uh, although it's been nice as a supplement uh, at times, depending on how busy the year is. Some years mm -hmm. are definitely busier than others uh, when it comes to to freelancing. Uh, but yeah, now I'm I'm a I'm, yep I'm a re registered architect, state of Missouri. Um, I work on stadiums, arenas, oh, wow. um, uh, ballparks. Uh, I've had I've, I've done some hospitals, VA hospitals, uh, uh, some other medical related things. Uh, but um, uh, and some like collegiate football facilities. Um, yeah, Kansas City, if you're if you're unaware, is sort of a, a center of sports architecture. Uh, a lot of stadiums Ooh, and arenas that are designed that. in the in the world are, are are done here by either the company I work for or or several competitors. Some one of which I used to work for also, um, wow. and they spun off of each other. It's, there's a whole history of it. Okay. Um, but uh, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stadiums have been and arenas that have been designed in Kansas City uh, over the years. Wow. I know if you go to if you go to your website to SterlingHershey.com, even on your architecture page, you have a kind of a mm -hmm. the logos flash of all the different sports teams where you've been involved with the architecture yeah. and so on. Yeah, that that page is pretty light, uh, and I it's intentionally so because uh, it's really there for to, for more of the the gaming side of things, the cartography writing stuff. Right. Um, I have it on there because I, obviously I, I, there are times when people are going to look me up or whatever, and I need to have some mention of it. In fact, I probably ought to update it. And have to, uh, <laughs> I guess I updated it last year, but, uh, but yeah, there's been far more teams than, than what's shown wow. on there too. Um, and uh, it's, uh, but I don't, I, yeah, I just don't put a lot of details up on there. Yeah. Um, even without the details, I'm just watching. I'm seeing the Coyotes, the Colts, the Cardinals, the, you yeah. know, and and so on. And these are, you know, Jason's not as much of a sports guy as I am, but I just, I look at those and I'm like, the Padres just popped up. Yeah. So let me ask how, yeah. so obviously, um, how did gaming and then ultimately writing and designing and contributing in the gaming world, how did that kind of come to be, you know, I'm assuming while, you know, you moved into that career in architecture maybe gaming started before that when you were younger i'm just i'm kind of curious because it's a unique they, they, mix they, yeah. they surprisingly kind of developed along the same time um obviously i was in into games back in the yeah when i was you know elementary school junior high high school um uh let's see i had you know went to architecture school which is a five-year degree um mm -hmm. and Along that same time, uh, we I helped start a game club in Kansas City called uh, the Role Players Guild of Kansas City, and uh, it's still around, still running cons and things. Um, and but for the longest time, uh, we were connected to originally to TSR, 
um, mm-hmm. and would go up. Uh, somebody in the in the club, one of the presidents, um, had a, a contact up there, and we were able to go up and run demo demonstrations at the TSR booth, and they'd cover our room or whatever. Um, and so that and they, that process enabled me to keep going to Gen Con when I probably couldn't have afforded to during college. Yeah, uh, we went one year kind of on our own with that, and with partially with that, and then after that, it was very much that program that kept us going. Um, and that lasted for many years, um, and that right up through TSR all the way into, into Watsi, the castle. The first, we started doing it before the castle existed. Um, if you're familiar with Gen Con, um, to, uh, TSR used to have a, ca- a couple of different castles, uh, and um, so as I was doing that, I was also I was also thinking about writing, um, yeah. and reach actually reached out to West End, uh, you know typewritten well computer i guess but basically typewritten um uh you know letter uh you know what's um you know expressing some interest in 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 writing uh in that t- in that case it was a uh, rebel basis source book because i loved the i loved all the rebel based sketches all the concept art that was in the original art yeah. uh, star wars source book uh the concept art for the different bases i thought that was awesome to be as an architect be fun to mm-hmm. do that well, that didn't. That eventually did work out, but not at the beginning. Um, and so, uh, but I was able to meet them at Gen Con. You know, introduce myself there. Um, and so, this was all during you know the years while I was in college. Yeah. Uh, and then my last year in college uh, was actually overseas. And when I got, I'd written some RPGA uh, role players, um, role playing game association rather, um, some convention modules for them for star wars and they picked up one of them and published it in polyhedron which was their 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 club club uh, new zine yeah excuse me and uh west end at that point also reached out to me i actually reached out to them and they said well we also have an idea for you uh and so we went from there so 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 my last year at in uh, in school i was actually writing working my first product Wow! Uh, before I graduated, and so, uh, so yeah, so this all developed very much along the same at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, the focus was for for a career was definitely architecture, and in fact, I even had so with West End Games, um, I did get an opportunity at one point where they were hiring a new editor that wanted that they wanted that the line editor called and said, "Hey, would you be interested in, in applying for this?" And I'm like, "Well, number one, I'm not an editor." <laughs> Yeah. And, and, uh, but it was, and number two, I just basically started my architecture career. I wasn't yeah. really looking to jump into something else. Uh, and then really the, uh, the, the pay wasn't, wasn't competitive with my architecture <laughs> intern salary. Let's just oh, put it that wow. way. Oh, my so, God. So, well, for where they were, <laughs> I mean, they were East Coast and all that. Um, and so it, that really, didn't work on several levels for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really wasn't the jump I was looking to make. Um, I was, and I may not have gotten it anyway, once we actually did an interview. Uh, cause like I said, I was not, I'm not trained as a, as a editor in any way. I've had a couple you know, some English classes in college yeah. and things like that, but I haven't, I'm, I didn't study to become a writer. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so that, that opportunity presented itself at that time. Um, um, occasionally I've gotten asked questions about it here or there, but, uh, mm. um, and as, as it's turned out, you know, West End didn't last 
too many more years after that. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, notoriously, you know, went bankrupt. Yeah, but but not not until putting out what I think are still some of the best written, most engaging material around Star Wars. I mean, I, I you can go back to a lot of that quote unquote old stuff. I think it stands the test of time. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun to work on at the time. <clears throat> In some ways, it was a little bit. It was well, especially the earlier days. It was quite a bit freer than we really can be now, right. um, especially now. Yeah. <clears throat> um, in the, and when I say now, I mean like the last 10, 15 years mm -hmm. um, when there's so much being produced. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, back then, especially like Bill Slavisek, uh, the original Star Wars source book, I mean, that right. stuff he was he was creating on his own, basically, right. uh, with some input from Lucasfilm or whatever. Right. But but you know, a lot of names he came up with are just standard standards now. That's and so in working a few years later, you know, by the time I started working there, he had moved on to TSR. Mm -hmm. But um, but there was still, um, at least story wise, a lot of free, a, a fair amount of freedom. They still right. had things. They still had to get approved, and they still had right. things that they weren't. They couldn't just do anything they wanted. Mm -hmm. But um, I think there was a little more freedom about it. Also, they were. If, if you look, there's more adventure stories, source books, that sort of thing. There was less uh, rules development. After right, the, I mean, right. you pretty much had the main book, and you had mm -hmm. the first edition aside, where they were trying mm -hmm. to develop some things as they went. Um, and you've talked to—that's oh, right—you talked to Bill Smith, so mm -hmm. um, so you know this some of the story. Yeah, uh, but <clears throat> that was a very interesting. Listen to by the way, um, I Bill was the one that originally I originally worked with. Oh, uh, oh, at, at West cool. End, and it played. I played with him in a game at Gen Con. That's how I introduced myself. <laughs> it was funny because I signed up for the game, and people were like, "Yeah, it's probably like a freelancer or somebody running it." I'm like, well, I'll still do it anyway. Nope, turned out it was the line editor of the, of the right of the Star Wars. Yeah, we series, were fairly so. mesmerized during that discussion. He was very, very generous with his <laughs> yes. time. And so, he, sound, he sounded very much like I remember talking to him. Uh, that's that's great. I haven't yeah, talked yeah. to him in quite a long time now. That's great. So I, just before before we continue on with games and your writing. I have to ask, what turned you on to architecture? Well, my mom would tell would tell you that it was uh, some, one of those aptitude tests back in uh, in like junior high about you know what kind of career should you have, and that was one of the things that came up. But and she's not wrong in some ways; it was definitely something that made me think in that direction. But it wasn't quite that automatic that I just went that way. But I like to draw, and so. Um, and I like to create things, and so, mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't, I wasn't very, I wasn't really an illustrator. It wasn't really that, that yeah. style of hand drawing. Yeah. I've gotten better over the years. I've tinkered around with it here or there, but um, really, the, the sort of mechanical drawing, drafting, Neat. I could do that, yeah. and uh, and I like doing it. Um, and so, uh, it's rather ironic that once I got out of school, we never hand drafting was done it was all autocad and, <laughs> right and rev now revit and draw on the computer all day and i do miss the drawing side of things mm -hmm. although i i do have i have some issues with chronic uh uh, uh tendonitis uh, and so doing too much of that yeah can be a problem and actually that was that also has been developed like since the last year of college so <laughs> wow. um so, so that's something i've had to deal with so maybe it's better that i haven't had to draw all these years but um uh, so that's what that's what got me going into it. That's neat. And that's then neat. I did like computers, and it was interesting with the 3D stuff. It was just 
um, as as time went along. But I do wish yeah, some of the hand drawing had stuck around a little bit more. Yeah, that's fair. When you um, so obviously you said you were you know the rebel bases and all that kind of intrigued you from kind of your you know your your passion area of architecture and all that. You also talk, and I'm kind of all over the place on this, just because these are questions that I I don't I think I told I think we told you we don't write anything down, but I try to remember all the stuff that I wanted to ask. Um, cartography, uh-huh. and you uh-huh. mentioned that as well. So, um, how does that kind of play into obviously you know being an architect, also working and contributing and writing for these games and all that? You know, is that kind of like a the the real kind of I keep using this term, so I hopefully I'm not over like a passion area for you or um well it's definitely a bridge between the two. Um and in fact it's really kind of there right from the beginning because the first book that I had you know literally had written to Western Games about trying to do was a verbal bases book, thinking yeah. well I could draw the bases. So um and eventually there was a book called Hideouts and Strongholds that I did get to do right at the end. And that's had rebel bases and had other stuff in it too. Um, but so the cartography, um, you know, I always like, I do like drawing maps for games, dungeon maps, whatever. Um, yeah. It's definitely been that, that side of things um, definitely comes and goes a lot more. I'm not, when Photoshop came in, especially, and you saw all the, all the fantastic stuff people can do in Photoshop. Well, I couldn't afford Photoshop and, uh, because it was really expensive in the day back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have the time to dedicate to try to learn it outside of what little bits and pieces, maybe at work here or there uh, to begin with. And so, it, and I was getting more and more writing. Although I will, I will say once I did get the, like at Western Games when I, because uh, I did maps for um, Hideout Strongholds and then for the Far Orbit Project. Um, and so when I saw how much, you could make doing that versus the writing. I'm like, okay, that's a, it was a significant difference because it was art versus writing. Um, but I, again, just didn't really have the, uh, the resources or the time to, to, to keep up in the arms race with other, other people. So I do, I still do it on occasion. Um, just kind of depends on the most recent one was a couple of years ago now with, uh, Monty Cook games. Um, for a Numenera, which is a oh yeah yeah, which is a uh, I've not written for the system, but I I love the I love the world, um, yeah. and uh, so it was fun to be able to do a few of those, and they were very a very stylized certain they, their maps were done kind of a certain way, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and that seemed to work pretty well. Uh, so yeah, the so yeah, so are the the, the drawing. There's definitely the tie-in there, and it's just—it's they're just fun to do. Uh, and I've done for for the cartography, um, uh, other things I've done. You know, I did a—I did one a few images for uh, Lucasfilm.com back when they had Ooh. their hyperspace, um, their hyperspace, their hyperspace. Uh, what do you call it? Um, not really. Stay, I guess fan club. I guess. Okay. Um, and it was on their it was on it was on their site, yeah. and so you you could what pay to get into get certain things. It's long long gone, uh, but um, uh, Pablo Hidalgo, who used to mm-hmm. be another freelancer that I uh, had a couple shared a couple products with, uh, of course he has long been at Lucasfilm now, um, and so he uh, had a couple of uh, articles he wanted some maps for, and so I was able to do it there. Cool. Um, I you know I've done. I, 
did some things for Monty Cook's uh, uh, Dungeon a Day uh, project that they had uh, actually bought into, I guess. Um, I did some some of the most more interesting things was uh, Greg Rucka, who is a comic book artist and novelist, not artist, comic, comic book writer and novelist, um, and has now written Star Wars stories and so forth. Um, he was, well, originally he was doing uh, a book called Alpha and needed a map for his uh, Disneyland-esque kind of uh, theme park that was the setting. It was it was basically he you described it as, as Die Hard in a theme park. It was the oh. novel. That sounds uh, awesome. <laughs> conceptually, it was that, I, that that idea. But but to figure out how long it took to get anywhere, he needed a map, and so um, so he that's cool uh, through uh, through uh, Eric Troutman, who was another Weston Games editor at the end. There, uh, he and Eric and, and Greg worked together a lot. So they Eric got a hold of me, and uh, it was funny because I just had happened to have been working on some theme park stuff at a different firm. Uh, so I actually had a little, a tiny little bit of knowledge. Oh, that's cool. And uh, was able. To there's your, there's then, your crossover. There's another yeah, crossover, right? Yeah, yeah. That one, that one was more than more than normal, because um, I could definitely, yeah, I yeah. definitely could uh, give him some some advice on that. And then that that ended up being in the book. Uh, originally, it wasn't going to be. It was just going to be a resource for him to work on. But at the last minute, they decided, "Hey, can we put it in the book?" I'm like, "Well, let me clean it up." <laughs> it's, not, it's like because there are things that you know you would do differently when you know it's being published versus just a discussion. Mm-hmm. So I was able to clean up a few things, and that, that ended up in there. And then a few years later, they did a Kickstarter for a uh, project called um, the uh, the Pirates of the Ineffable Ether. I've and heard of it. It's a yes, it's a, and that was uh, Rick Perchet is the uh, artist on that, and it was and. I haven't gone to look at the website in a long time. I should do that. Um, I don't. I should go back and look. Uh, see if they've updated. They they sort of got off track a few years ago. Um, it's okay. Brad's they, typing it in to make a purchase right now. So don't no, 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 no. I gotta be, I'm trying <laughs> they, to be careful. They they did a well. They did a so they did a Kickstarter with a big hardback book, uh, and I was. So I ended up being some of the stretch goals in terms of maps because they kept oh, cool. adding maps. And we did a big poster map of the ship. Um, oh. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun, and so that's that's really the biggest cartography, single cartography project I've done since uh, the Hideouts and Strongholds or the Far Orbit project books. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I well, I want to I want to jump to the FFG stuff, Jace. But if you want to hit something, in well, between okay. There. So um, let me transition us over there because yeah. I, I I've got to ask something specific. So this is okay, Sterling. Obviously, this is by no means a complete synopsis but you have had you have had your hands and you have written uh and and or designed drawn for i mean so many of these ips you know you've you've been involved with dnd multiple iterations i think all of the iterations of star wars right yes um i mean i am i am one of two people that has written for every every version and depending on how you parse that amazing uh uh, I'm just, I mean, I'm looking at the list here. Obviously, uh, Android, um, yep. which is just the coolest thing. Um, uh, Twilight Imperium. And obviously, there's a whole bunch of stuff, right? And they, they, there's a lot going on with that these days. And then, not to be overlooked, Genesis as a system and with their yeah. materials. And, I mean, there are so many of these books we could talk about. I, I, just just looking like some of the Star Wars, the, the FFG 
I guess, slash edge now source books, the, you know, the allies and adversaries and all of those, which are just brilliant. But the one I want to call out is the, because I don't think it gets nearly the airtime it deserves is for Genesis, the expanded player's guide. Brad knows where I'm going with this. Um, I, I didn't buy it for the longest time, Sterling, because it's like, why would I want another thin little guide when Mm -hmm. I put the money into the core rule book? And I finally, I finally had the chance to look at like, look through it and mm-hmm. i thought oh my god so i obviously i have it um i think at least for me that is minimally one of the two most creative most exciting to read source books air quotes that i've seen for any game um i i i regularly pick up the expanded player's guide just to page through because I always land on something that gets me thinking and not just about games, but about pairing games and, and ideas with real world. Like it's, it's almost a little textbook. And I mean that in a good way. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I would love to know what the experience with that was like for you. Uh, So let's see. Um, Yeah. So when it comes to the rules and things, uh, of course, uh, I was on the original, on the original freelance team that helped mm-hmm. develop uh, and write the uh, Edge of the Empire mm-hmm. uh, book, and I did the DM, the GM's chapter amongst among other things. Nice. Um, and so, uh, and of course, every one of these books, uh, with the exception of some of the adventures, um, always has usually has a team of of, uh, mm-hmm. of of writers involved, other freelancers, and so forth. So it gets broken up amongst several different yeah. ones. So FFG does a really good job of coming to us with a plan that's that's well developed mm-hmm. um and uh, edge too because it's the same some of the same people mm-hmm. um and you know they 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 give us our sections and they have a good and they have a they know what they want and but they still give us enough room to 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 develop and have some nice. some fun with it too um and so on like the expanded players guide and I always I always have to look back and I've done enough of these things now. I always have to look and see which ones, which sections I I really worked on. Um, And so on that one, it was, uh, yeah, the creating your own settings, specialization trees, um, uh, the brainstorming and the social encounters. And so uh, it's interesting because you you work on your own piece of that. And then there'll be some interaction with the other writers, depending on exactly how much your, uh, your sections overlap. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so like, so I've got, I've gotten over the years, um, uh, with FFG and edge, uh, the opportunity to do a lot of game master related stuff, just cause I've mm-hmm. been around for so long now. And, and I guess people must like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, so it was, it's been fun, fun to be able to do that. Um, and so when it came to like that, creating your own setting, I've, you know, I've had some experience with, previous books uh about uh creating different assets different adventures different whatever um and so it, it was fun to be able to sort of sit down because the whole point of course of genesis is to create your own setting mm-hmm. and you can use one of these other settings if you if you like right. but but the reason it's such a, a resource is it's trying to cover all these different genres right. of ways and looking at different ways you could use these same rules and so like the magic is different from right what you'd see with like force powers and things if in the star Wars system. Um, and so, um, 
you know, with the GM stuff, it could range from very specific rules advice to more general. Here's mm -hmm. how you run run a table. Mm -hmm. um, but and so this one, you know, that one had a section on brainstorming, just trying to how do you come up with how do you come up with ideas? Because I actually get that question every so often from people. Where do you start yeah, with this? And sometimes that's a really hard question to answer. Just because you're like, okay, well, where are you starting from <laughs> when you say where you how do you start? Um, and uh, uh, and then social social encounters that was something that FFG was uh, uh, had was wanting to include, and so I worked with with uh, I think Sam on that um, on that part. He had he knew what he wanted there, and so it was more that was more of a developer kind of role than a sure. than a creation kind of role. Yes, How did you see. move? Just since we're talking about now FFG and Edge, mm -hmm. um, is it just because, like you said, you you've been you've been in this realm for a, a while now, and I think we're probably <clears throat> we're probably all close and relatively speaking to the same age. I'm betting. Um, how did you end up making contacts and ending up moving over to like FFG and and now with those IPs to Edge? So so part of it is uh, I've I've made a you know, maintain a good reputation in the industry, uh, and in specifically these games, um, which is always important. Um, they, you know, they were willing to bring me on because that's never a guarantee with freelancing. Yeah. Um, and so they liked my past work enough to, and well, and in that case, um, so in FFG's case specifically, basically whenever the game license would roll over to another another company, yeah, I would reach out to that company and try yeah, and and, and try and and say hey i mean if you're going to do something with freelancers i'm interested mm -hmm. uh so like so going from from west end games to wizards of the coast west end games went bankrupt wizards of the coast picked up the license right uh so some in the in the early days of the you know my the way i got into that was they, they had the star wars gamer magazine for a short time and so i didn't adventure in there uh and so i did end up doing not a ton of work for them at that at that time. They just the way they were working with freelancers. Um, did a tiny bit with uh, the revised core rules, mostly through the website. Okay. Because uh, I was writing for their website for a, a long time. I was one of three people basically keeping the Star Wars website alive on on Watsi's site for a little while there. Wow. Uh, well, when the RPG wasn't being produced ah, and the minis okay. game was, okay, uh, we were putting some RPG material on the site. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then uh, so when wizards then decided not to renew or however that came about um it went to ffg um well first of all there was nobody knew where it went because there were rumors out there about maybe it was ffg maybe it was somebody else um i even reached out to a couple people i was like do you guys get it and he's like well i probably couldn't tell you but no um and and so at ffg uh brian schaumburg is there and brian worked for west end games okay in the art department and uh so i sent him a note and said i know you probably you can't say anything if it's if this exists uh but if it does i'm interested nice. uh now i don't know if that actually went anywhere um because <laughs> the next step that happened because he didn't respond and he shouldn't have responded because he could yeah, not fair. absolutely not say yep. one way and that's why i said right. the way i did was i'm not expecting a response here yeah, just nice. know that i'm interested basically yeah um but then uh, when it did come out that FFG really did have the license, uh, at Gen I went to uh, at Gen Con, I tracked down 
I found out who was basically in charge of of that and who was making those decisions and if they were at the at the convention and went over and managed to find that out introduced nice. myself said hey I'm interested if this if this is a possibility um and uh and so then they came back to me and and uh and said yeah we are we are we are interested in having you having you yeah. help out and I didn't know what capacity nice. I mean, yeah. it could mean it could mean any number of things as a freelancer yeah. um and so uh, they actually did an open test for new writers, which hardly anybody ever does. Well, um, I didn't have wow. to do that. I did not have to do that. Good. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they, they were taking the old, um, they basically took their Warhammer RPG and said they had people create something for that. Basically there was, there was a lot of criteria yeah. know, just as a way to read it and, 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 and send something in. And I know people who, um who got started that way um but so then when they decided to when when it came about that they were going to start the game and the core rule books then you know then they sent a list of here are the sections we'd like for you to do and the gm section was in that um and so that was a lot of fun to be able to be in that early yeah. they did the beta that That's they cool. released at gen con that i've got a whole other story about that um because because the following week was star wars celebration um well now you gotta tell us uh, you can't just say <laughs> yeah. that yeah you can't so okay so ffg so first of all nobody gosh thinking way back i think they hadn't how did that work okay so um well so at gen con uh when they were going to announce the actual release of the game yeah uh, which was really the release of the beta because uh, yeah, they yeah. did a beta test because uh, it was such a new system and they just wanted they wanted to do it that way. Yeah. Um, and uh, for that, I actually wrote the adventure in the back of that. Oh, um, cool. And so we, we knew that they were going to announce it, I think, but we didn't know what was going to happen. And I had people asking me at the con, hey, you know anything about? Nope, no, I don't know anything about this. Um, and... So when they then then they when they had their what they called their their uh, fancy their uh, sorry their uh, in flight report, um, yeah. they announced it. Everyone's happy about. It, and they're like, and everyone who's walking out of here gets a copy of the beta. Whoa. So everyone walked out of the room with a copy of the of the beta. Wow, which was amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, well, okay, so that was and then so then it was all it was out at Gen Con. <laughs> You know, I'd, I'd had a big part, a big role in all this. It was a yeah. lot of fun for me personally. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, talking to all all these different people about it, uh, and and then the following week, that was the that was a year that Star Wars Celebration was a week after Gen Con. Yeah, talk about brutal on your wallet. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was expensive. That was an expensive month. Um, but uh, yeah, was able to go down there. Uh, FFG was there as well. Nice. Uh, they had they had the booth because they had X Wing up and running, and they oh. had stacks. They had stacks of the beta. Oh wow! And so I was able to walk around Star Wars Celebration with the beta, um, and uh, uh, Sam Whitwer, who I'd met through through the Order sixty six podcast, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, was there, and I introduced him to the FFG guys. That was a very mind bending sort of moment of how is this happening. Um, what do you mean? I'm introducing you to people because he definitely introduced <laughs> me to a ton of people that weekend. 
That's awesome. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so it was just that was a very very fun, maybe the most fun I've had with a game release ever, uh, just because the way that came together. Um, the you know, so you talked a bit about about moving you know moving over quote unquote as a freelancer with FFG, and obviously you're still writing for FFG. You know, you got KeyForge and all of this stuff. I'm I'm kind of assuming so you know shoot me down here. Continuing on with Edge, was that just more organic? I mean, you said a bunch of the freelancers from FFG are also writing for Edge. Well, or, or so was it so the Sam, same kind of thing. So Sam Gregor Stewart, yeah. um, who was leading the uh, FFG RPG section, uh, was hired on at Edge. Yeah, um, and so that made things easier because, of course, he knows yeah. the various freelancers he'd been working with before. Yeah. Um, and so from that standpoint, I guess that's probably, yeah, I guess that's the okay. case where, yeah. where, uh, now it is, it is different because it's, it's a different studio. Yeah. Uh, they operate differently. They're actually operating out of France. Right. Uh, so that changes some behind the scenes things for yeah. us. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then also just, um, obviously the output has just been different while they've made the transition and they've yeah, had this pandemic and, mm-hmm. and, and all kinds of, there's been all kinds of things that, uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. uh, but yes, I'm end up working with some of the same, some, some of the same freelancers and he's, but he's brought, they brought in some new ones also. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sam, 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 Sam's good at, at, at uh, keeping an eye out, I think. Nice. So with all the, you know, obviously with your, your, career and then all this work you do you kind of just mentioned in passing i won't say exactly because we can make that part of the convo you still have time to game actually um (laughs) sometimes sometimes what is so amongst kind of and again not asking not asking anything other than what's the favorite one for you to kind of play and what might be like the favorite one for you to gm if they're different or maybe so so my regular my regular game right now is 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 a long-running D campaign when you um, say long running, uh, pre-pandemic, yeah, wow, in the before uh, times, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, the group has changed a little bit along the way, mm-hmm. um, or quite a bit in some cases, um, and so a lot of it has been online, uh, sure. up until earlier this year, really. Um, yep. so lots of uh, fancy grounds, um, and then so, uh. When it comes to other games like Star Wars, uh, any of the Genesis games, Savage Worlds, um, I end up. It's been hard to do the last few years because I haven't been going to cons. But my, I would what I would do is I would always run games at, at local conventions. Sure. So there's a couple of local conventions. There was Gen Con. Um, the last couple of years I was doing that online. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, actually, I will be. Uh, I will have some events on Gen Con online as soon as they approve them. They had some, nice. I didn't fill out something the way they wanted. So they're, they're fixing that. But, uh, uh, so those will go up at some point. Um, but anyway, so I would, uh, take the opportunity at the conventions to run these other games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I had, I have had star Wars campaigns over the years. Um, uh, especially early on. Um, I just haven't had that lately, although we're talking, we're starting to talk about doing something again, maybe. Um, I've had some some other people show some interest. Um, so it's hard to get with my with the schedule and all that. It's kind of hard yeah. to get more than really 
one serious campaign going at a time, yeah. especially weekly. We're, we're playing a couple of times a month. Uh, sometimes, and when I say it's a long running campaign, sometimes it's there's just absolute weeks, you know, oh, in between because sure. we were yeah. trying to absolutely. And I there were some times where I was playing with somebody else's campaign, uh, also mm-hmm. in, in between there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so with the conventions, you know, those are con games that I write. Um, uh, I they, I provide the characters. It's very very self contained kind mm-hmm. of tra- old school traditional. Okay convention game yeah and but it gives me the opportunity and i've done this for a long time to try and to i always would always try and use like the latest books that came out so it did two things one usually i worked on them uh not always but a lot of times i did um if if i did work on it i for sure tried to use it Mm -hmm. um and i would use that you know as a way to you know demo the game but also it gets you gets you using the material and uh, and it's just there's no no you can read a book but there's no substitute for playing or creating a game with that and having to look back through the details and, mm-hmm. and things like that especially like character creation um uh if you really learn the ends of outs ins, ins and outs as you're doing six characters for the table and they need to interact and right. and all this stuff um, wow i do don't you, remember your original question do, do you ever <laughs> do you ever do you ever just play not just gm um, I play some, but mm-hmm. I GM far more often than I play. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the, the, I, I don't play really in the online games very much. Um, I do play at conventions every so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's something that I want to try out or just can't play other places or, or just, yeah. I like to be at the table. Fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, so that's, but I don't necessarily play every single con or or you know the first gen con i went to every slot that i wasn't demoing at tsr or something i was doing something because i didn't think i was coming back if anytime soon sure but over the years you know that that changes but uh so it's fun but it's fun to write these specific con games and and uh uh, the good ones you know the the ones that really turn out to hit i can use over and over and the ones that maybe don't go so well i can tweak and try them out you know adjust them for the next time uh or eventually i'll just move on to another adventure uh and in some cases you know i've i've been able to like to use um oh cons as as play tests where uh, yeah. uh whether that's for my own my own stuff or or sometimes some official stuff that's not out but is is hidden in such a way that nobody will ever know it's a play that what it is. It's, it's not like I'm yeah, introducing. Yeah. A, it's not like I'm introducing a new rule and say, "Hey, let's try and do it this way." No, that's not, not handing how it works. out betas. That's as not people how, lock in. Right. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. That's not how it works. Uh, it's it's usually I'm trying to figure out a way the way an adventure might flow in a specific situation. Oh like, yeah. I have an like I have an adventure idea. I want to try it out uh, beforehand, or or try it yeah. or or try an encounter out, and so the encounter will get stuck in this other adventure. Um, it'll mm-hmm. flow right into it, be worked into it, but the mechanics or the setup or something around it will be related. Now, it may not look anything like it by the time it gets to the final product for whatever reason, uh, but it does, it is it can be a part of the process sometimes. Not all Very the time. Cool. Very cool. That's awesome. Sterling, thank you so much for spending time with you. I mean, not to be obsequious, but it really is an honor to talk to you. You've been involved in truly some of our absolute favorite work. And we're not asking questions, but we are 
we are unreasonably optimistic that there's more coming from you and others because um, these worlds are incredible and what you guys are all doing, guys and gals, uh, is is absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for wasting a little time this evening. Oh, no problem. It's been, been a lot of fun. Such a cool conversation and, you know, such a great guy. Um, just so so diverse in everything that he's done and um wow it's just it was i'm sorry i'm just a little uh yeah I mean, we were a little awestruck to be blunt uh, he's just yeah. seen we really thank you sterling we really really appreciate your time chatting with us and we're sorry that it took so long to get this episode yeah. to to publication uh it's gone to plan but we've been eager to get this one out for a while now um, it just, it's like, he's kind of seen everything, you know, with yeah. so many of these games that have had these positive impacts on our lives and the cartography stuff. Just, I mean, how, I mean, for those, for, for, for those of us who love world building and everything yeah. like that, getting into the cartography of worlds when you're designing worlds and everything like that, just, I just, I, I could see myself if yeah. I'm not careful going down a rabbit hole, um, and just, getting into that and it on its own yeah you know so yeah i again thank you so much for it um thank you for everything you've produced yeah, and big time looking forward to all the stuff coming forward for yeah edge. your next projects and everything yeah. like that too yeah we are looking forward to it so hopping over to the gm corner i'll just i'll just hijack it and start um you know, obviously we've got a lot of truck stuff going on, so I'll I'll leave that for other episodes with Captain's mm -hmm. Log and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've been kind of focused on just because of the writing aspects of what we've been doing there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I showed this to you was was Modifius came out with there's two things that have been on my desk. Um, the player's journal for Dune, which I just think is a yeah, great that's pretty cool. great idea. It's literally for those that are no takers and journalists, it's like a moleskin, but it's designed with character sheets and everything. Yeah. And I've been doing some basic work and trying to solo it a little bit. Oh. The other game, and I'll have more for that um down the road. The other one, I don't even think I've talked about this with you, is um a game from Free League Publishing, which is the publishing arm over in up in um northwestern europe scandinavia mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they have a game called forbidden lands yeah and um i picked up the intro box set a while back when i had my credits from modifius right, ironically right. i just picked up the beasts book that i had had on pre-order forever cool and they have and what's interesting in the Game Master's book for that, because there's a player book, a Game Master's book, and they're really well designed. They're like digest size books. They have a solo, nice. they have a solo, um, soloing in the game. And they added oh. to that in, ironically, they added that as a section and an update in a section in their, what effect is their Tome of Beasts monster manual. And then there's another document that I grabbed out on drive-through RPG, which was fleshed out even further. So I've been, um, when I've been taking a break from the Trek stuff we're doing, um, doing some solo stuff with that, just kind of getting the hang of it. Um, 
But I think, to be honest with you, there'll be more on that coming. Yeah, I think I think we Neat. I kind of joke with you about dice, and um, I picked up from oh yeah, you know, I, I picked yeah. up a couple sets of Dune. Oh, dice. those are nice. Yeah, and it's five d twenties. Yep. Look at that. And then, um, along with that, um, here's what's interesting: is here's the Forbidden Lands dice. Um, uh, I mean, obviously we're audio only, but I, I yeah. would just say those are really good looking. Look at, are are those? There's d sixes and so there's four d sixes, a four d six base, three d six skill, two d six gear. And then one D eight artifact, one D ten artifact, and one D twelve. So no D twenty. Yeah, that's a good looking set of dice. If you check out, if you check out Free League and you go to Forbidden Lands. So Forbidden Lands is one of these things that I'm fascinated with, um, because it is it is high fantasy. Yeah. But there's kind of a grit to it, but it isn't a hard mechanic. And one of the things I have found is, I love the idea of crunch. I can't practically apply it right now. We just don't have the time right? with everything going on to deal with a crunchy mechanic right. as much as I love them. Right. So what about you? Um, well, I'm going to keep my bit really brief this week. Um, I've been, I've been thinking because of some conversations we've had with some other interviews, I've been thinking a fair bit lately about dice mechanics as well. However, I think to close us out, I'm instead just going to say this. In two weeks, our next episode is our 100th episode. Just think about that for a moment, everyone. Uh, we are well past the two-year mark on this podcast, which seems surreal at best. And at 100 episodes, we now have more episodes than some of the actually professionally produced podcasts to which I listen. Um, there's probably a Snyder mark in there somewhere and you'd be legit in saying it, all of you, uh, certainly Brad, but 100 yeah. episodes. So we have, no, we have something, Brad and I have something kind of fun and special planned for 100. It Brad was is, your idea and it's a great one. Well, great I, you know what? I'm just appreciative that you were so willing to go with the Drake idea. Um, more seriously, uh, yeah, we don't just let it go. Just let it go. I don't want to have to put the explicit. You're the. On this you're one. the. You started it. You're not That's letting true. me. Act, you're not That's letting right. me comment. Fine. All right. Put the fish nut down. So, but seriously, yeah, we we do have something special. We have a really cool interview, guaranteed. But um, next next episode is going to go a little long. Certainly longer than our norm. Um, we're going to take a look back at these hundred episodes and talk about where we've been and maybe where we're going. So we'll just, we'll just leave it for that, uh, for that for now. Um, really appreciate that you have, so many of you have stuck with us for 99 episodes. Um, um, I, I mean, it could be 99 Luftballons, but we're going to call them episodes. And um, we will see you in two weeks for episode 100, 100, 100. As always, be well, stay well, see you soon.